Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit stirs our hearts to focus our faith on Jesus is the gospel for today, John 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding along with his disciples. When the wine started running out, Jesus' mother says to him, They have no wine. Jesus says to her, What's between me and you, dear lady? My hour has not yet come. His mother says to the servants, Whatever he tells you, do it. Six stone water jars were there, having been placed according to the Jewish cleansing rites, holding two or three measures, about eighteen to twenty-seven gallons apiece. Jesus says to them, Fill the water jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. He says to them, Now draw a drink and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it because the master of the feast tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it had come from, uh, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast calls the groom. He says to him, Everyone first sets out the good wine, and when they've had their fill, the inferior wine. You, though, have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this first one of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory. His disciples believed in him. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Your friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Signs can tell us a lot if, if we know what they are pointing to. And just to get us into that line of thinking, I have sort of a interaction here for us. I have some signs, and you can tell me what they, they mean here. I made this one hard by taking the words out of it. Someone want to say, what does this mean? Stop. And when you see this sign, what do you know is coming up? What does this sign tell us? Poison. And how about this one? Red Cross or first aid, hospital. All the signs convey meaning to us here when we know what they point to. And when we know what they point to, they, they also can call, cause a, a reaction in us, don't they? If you're in a hurry and you see this sign and hear a train whistle, that, at least for me, causes a bit of frustration. On the other hand, if we're injured, you know, a sign like this can bring a lot of relief. I have another picture here. We could use this as a, a sign to remind us of that miracle Jesus did at Cana. You got the six uh, stone water jars there. And yet, the miracle itself that Jesus performed, that miracle was meant as a sign. The Apostle John brings that out here when he says this, the first of his miraculous signs. And in fact, in, in the Greek that John wrote, he simply says the first of his signs because the emphasis is there on the fact that this, this changing water into wine, as miraculous as it was, that the importance of it is that it is a sign. It points us to something. Now, what does this sign point us to? Well, that's, that's what we want to ponder here today as we think about this miracle that Jesus did, recorded in John chapter 2. 
And just as these other signs can cause a, a reaction in us when we know what they point to, so also this sign, this changing of water into wine, causes a reaction of faith in us. Just as it did in the disciples when it tells us here that his disciples put their faith in him. So may the Holy Spirit, through his word this morning, stir our faith to celebrate what this sign of changing water to wine points us to. That's the theme we want to focus on here. Faith celebrates what this sign points us to. Now, as we think about the events here, we're at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He has been baptized by John in the Jordan River. He has faced down Satan's temptations during 40 days in the wilderness. And he has begun calling his disciples to follow him. He has about three years of a very busy ministry ahead of him, a ministry of teaching and preaching and healing, traveling throughout Galilee and Judea and even across the Jordan. But he takes the time. He takes the time here to go to this wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the very fact that it is in Cana of Galilee tells us this is not some spectacular wedding of the rich and the famous where Jesus can make a big debut. No. Galilee was the backwards territory. Cana appears to have been a very small town. The role Mary plays here probably indicates that this couple was, was friends of the family or even relatives from the same social status as any other tradesman or carpenter, just your average Joe or Joseph, if you will. And if you think about it, the, the problem that comes up here, running low on the wine, isn't all that significant, is it, in the big scheme of the eternal salvation of the world? No, you might say it's sort of like running out of food at a church potluck. That's embarrassing, but, but life goes on. And yet, it was a concern to Mary, wasn't it? And because it was a concern to her, she took it to Jesus. And Jesus took care of it. And that brings us to the first thing we want to note this morning, that this, this sign points us to, that Jesus cares about all of our concerns. Even the, the, the smallest and most insignificant one. Faith celebrates what this sign points to by bringing to Jesus all of our concerns, from the least to the greatest, even if we think it's insignificant in the big scheme of things, Jesus wants to hear it from you. Faith brings it to him, trusting that he will take care of it, just as Mary brought her concern to him, and he took care of it. But the devil, the devil wants to plant doubts in our minds about this. And one way he might do that is to say, well, yeah, of course, Jesus took care of that wine. Yet it was a small problem, but look who talked to him about it. It was, his, it was his mother Mary. How could you, how could someone like you expect the same kind of care from Jesus? Well, if the devil brings that kind of thinking into your mind, then, then look at what Jesus says here. He says, dear woman, why do you involve me? He's making it clear to her that now that he has begun his public ministry, their relationship is entirely different than what it had been before. 
Yes, Mary had played a unique role in God's plan. She had been the virgin mother of Jesus and had cared for him. But now, but now she takes her place alongside the rest of us sinners. That's why Jesus addresses her as dear woman and not as mother. And he makes it clear that, that she has no, or that he has no op special obligation to her. And that is a great comfort to us if you think about it. For we see that through faith, through faith in Jesus, you and I have the same status before him as Mary did. So that just as Mary brought her concern to him, so also you and I can bring our concerns to him with that confidence of faith that just as he took care of it for Mary, so also he will take care of it for us. For he makes it clear that Mary has that same status as any of his other followers has. And if it isn't clear enough here, remember what he said later in his ministry. When a, a woman from the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth, Jesus responded, saying, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Faith celebrates Jesus' care for concerns from even you and me by taking them to him in faith. Faith that hears his word and keeps it treasured in our hearts. Now the devil also may try to plant doubt in another way. He may say to you or me, yeah, you've taken it to Jesus, you've prayed to him about it, but look, you're still dealing with it. He hasn't solved the problem because he doesn't really care about you. But once again, look at what Jesus says here. He says, My time has not yet come. Jesus' divine wisdom knows when it's best to put his help into action. His divine wisdom knows much better than our short-sighted desire for instant gratification. And so we take it to him and we trust him to take care of the matter at the right time and in the right way. Just as Mary trusted that promise implied in those two little words, not yet. Yes, my time has not yet come, but when it does come, I will take action. Mary trusted that, and that's why she told the servants to do whatever Jesus said. She trusted him to do the right thing at the right time. So as you look at this sign, this miraculous sign, this changing of water into wine, our faith celebrates what this sign points us to. It points us to the great care Jesus has for all of our concerns. And so our faith celebrates by taking to him all of our concerns and leaving them in his hands, trusting that he will do the right thing at the right time. But that's not the only truth that this, this sign changing water into wine, points us to. There's another truth here as well that we want to look at. And, and to understand it, we, we, we realize, we need to remember how Jesus often warned his disciples and you and me that a life of following him will often mean forsaking what the world cherishes. For example, in in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said, 
Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will find it. He makes it clear also that following him will not, does not promise earthly wealth or comfort or glory. He said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And, and, and to sum it all up, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus made it clear to his disciples that they would face the hatred of the world and persecution. He said to them, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And you know what they did to Jesus. We, we certainly need these warnings. Otherwise, when hardships and troubles came our, or come, our faith would dry up and wither away. And we also need troubles and hardships in this life. Otherwise, in our weakness, we would give up on our longing for heaven and instead trust ourselves for to make this world into our own oasis paradise. Yes, Jesus speaks what we need to hear when he warns us of the troubles of this life on earth. And yet our, our sinful hearts want to take those words and imagine that Jesus wants us to be miserable here. That he gives us crosses in order so that we have to, to lament what our life is like. We might even begin to imagine that he delights in our suffering and takes all the fun out of life. And to counter that false thinking, to counter that false thinking, we have what this sign of changing water into wine points us to here as well. For you see, as we think about this, this sign and the circumstances, we see that Jesus truly does want to bless us. He wants to bless us not only someday in the future when he takes us to heaven, but he wants to bless us in our earthly lot, in the here and now. That's what he does here, doesn't it? Isn't it? He brings an earthly blessing to this couple. He wants them to be happy at this celebration. He turns the water into wine so that the celebration can continue. And that's the, the second truth we, we want to see in, in this, this sign that points, the, what this sign points us to. That Jesus wants to bless our earthly lot. And that is something that, that we often miss because we fail to appreciate just how much Jesus has already blessed us with blessed us not only spiritually, but also physically with our earthly things. Just consider how richly he has blessed us compared to the billions that live in poverty. And yet we can so easily imagine that Jesus isn't giving us enough because rather than viewing what he has given us in this life as a gracious gift from our Lord, it's so easy for us to think that we're entitled to it. And then we miss out on the happiness he wants to give. And, and, and what is even more, as we think about the earthly blessings he gives us and, and the happiness he wants us to have in enjoying them, we sometimes imagine that, that having more of this earth would be even better. We don't realize the spiritual harm that can come. And that too is, is one reason why Jesus gives us what he does and doesn't give us more at times is 
even though we think we are spiritually strong enough to have more things on this earth, he knows what is best. And he brings us blessings. Blessings to bring us happiness for time and for eternity. As we look at this sign, we see that Jesus does indeed want to bless us in our earthly lot. We often miss these blessings because we think we know better. We rob ourselves of the happiness Jesus wants to give us because we're focused on what we don't have instead of what he has already given us. And sometimes we don't, we won't appreciate the earthly blessings until we start running low, just like they ran low on the wine. And so Jesus works all things out in ways that, that we don't understand. That's why we need to trust him. To trust him that when he gives us our earthly blessings, that he, when he, that he is giving them in the right amount at the right time. For he is certainly able to bless us in the way that is best. Just, just as his, his blessings did not fall short here, did they? Rather, he gave them over a hundred gallons of the best wine. And that means trusting him, that what we have at the present time is what is best for us. Trusting him, even as like those servants trusted him. They couldn't make sense of it, I would guess. You know, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to fill those jars used for ceremonial washing with water. It even made less sense to, to draw a, a serving out and take it to the master of the banquet. But they trusted Jesus. And see how they were amazed. And in the same way, as we trust Jesus to give us what we need at the proper time, to bless us with, with happiness in our earthly lot in the way that he knows is best, as we trust him, he too will amaze us as well. And as we talk about the earthly blessings that Jesus gives to bring us happiness, let's, let's not fail to see the, the one that is in the background of this all as well, the blessing of marriage. God gave that blessing all the way back in, in paradise when he created Eve for Adam. And Jesus shows his high regard for marriage by attending this, this wedding. God channels his blessings through marriage, the blessings of, of, of that special companionship for that couple and often also the blessing of children. Uh, C.F.W. Walther in his sermon on this text talked about these blessings of marriage that that that. Uh, the blessing of, 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 of the marriage for the Christian, he says that it is a most splendid school of faith, love, humility, patience, gentleness, and all Christian virtue. What a blessing marriage is, and what blessings God brings to us and others in this earthly life through marriage. And so as you think about this sign, as faith celebrates what was done here at the wedding of Cana, we see how our Savior wants to bless our earthly lot, bless us with marriage, and also whether married or single, bless us with, with the right things so that we can rejoice in Him and find happiness in Him during our life on this earth. And finally, finally to wrap this all up, this miracle, like all of Jesus' miracles, points us to, this, to who he is and what he came to do, doesn't it? As John sums up at the end here, he thus revealed his glory 
and his disciples put their faith in him. Faith sees the sign of changing water into wine and celebrates what it points us to, that it points us to Jesus as our divine Savior from sin, points us to his divine glory, that he is our God, that he is the eternal almighty Son of God, that he has come in the flesh to be our Savior from sin and death. What a reason for faith to celebrate. Our God has come to save us. And so also then, as we see these other things that this sign points us to, it brings us all the more reason to celebrate, doesn't it? Jesus has come to be our Savior from sin. And that assures us that he does indeed care for all of our concerns, no matter how big or small. And so we celebrate that Jesus is our divine Savior who cares for our concerns. We celebrate that he is able and willing to answer those prayers. We celebrate that, that he is, has come as our divine Savior. And so, he is at work for us for time and for eternity to bless our earthly lot even though we must go through much tribulation in order to enter the kingdom of God. So just as you know what these other signs mean here, don't forget but this miraculous sign that Jesus did at Cana means for you and for me. He cares for our concerns. He wants to bless our earthly lot. And he is your divine Savior for time and for eternity. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.